Hello everyone and welcome to the Kids Story Room. It's Sebby here and I'd like to introduce today's story. One day I said to Mum, you should write a story about an ancient king called Fartissimus who couldn't help it. And so she did. She wanted to call the story the star of Fartissimus, but I said, uh-uh, it's Fartissimus the ancient king who couldn't help it. Now, there are a few bottom burps in this story, so if that's not quite your thing, maybe this story is not for you. Otherwise, sit back, relax and enjoy. Fartissimus, the ancient king who couldn't help it, or the star of Fartissimus. Once upon an ancient time, there was a far-off land called Landyland. Landyland was a lovely place, but it had long been ruled by a very mean king who wanted everything done his way. And so a lot of the people who lived in Landyland had gotten to feeling a bit sad and were worried that no one listened to them. Now, in the ancient time of our story, the mean king was gone and in his place there ruled a new king. The people had lost their faith in the idea of a king as the last one had been so mean and cruel and they weren't ready to trust a new king. Landyland was in trouble. The people were unhappy and no one knew how it could be fixed. There was fighting and arguments and people's smiles had turned to frowns. The new king was called Fartissimus. Fartissimus, ever since he had been a child, had always dreamed of being able to help other people to feel happy. Fartissimus once told his mum how his one wish in life was to be the sort of person that people could look up to. His mother said to him, Well, Fartissimus, if you work very hard and become a very good person and set out to do everything you can for other people, then one day people will look up to you, I am sure. And so Fartissimus set about learning and learning and learning and helping as much as he could, wherever he could. And he grew into a very smart and wise person. Now when the mean king left Landyland, Fartissimus was voted in as the new king because of his beautiful kindness and gently guiding ways. Now Fartissimus was actually a very good king. He could have even been a brilliant king. But unfortunately, Fartissimus had a little, well, maybe not so little, problem. You're probably wondering how Fartissimus got his name? Well, you're right. He was a little bit windy. Even as a baby, he could almost hover above his crib with the power of his bottom toot. And so his mum named him Fartissimus. An equally regal and possibly a little bit ridiculous name, but a very good one nonetheless. As he grew up, Fartissimus got better at controlling his batuti outbursts, but he had a lot of trouble when he was nervous, which made things a little difficult when he became the king. Every time Fartissimus went to the assembly to discuss new ideas or had an important kingly announcement he wanted to do, he popped off. He simply couldn't help it. And the smell 
was so very, very bad, like the smell of rotting eggs and cabbage and off milk and mouldy cheeses all at once. And so the people of his kingdom, they couldn't see or think or hear what he was saying at all. They always walked away from these meetings, dazed and confused and a little bit smelly, and not remembering a single thing Fartissimus had said. It also meant they feared Fartissimus a little bit, which was terrible because Fartissimus was actually very lovely. He just flubbled a lot. Fartissimus had tried nearly everything to stop his thunderbursts. He'd stopped eating beans, tried eating only eggs, no eggs, no bread, lots of bread, no apples, lots of apples, no jam, lots of... Well, you get the idea. Nothing seemed to work. Every time he stood in front of people, he whipsy diddly dandy deed. Poor Fartissimus was sad. At home it didn't matter if he was smelly. When he went for a walk in the wild woods outside the castle, he wasn't smelly at all. Occasionally a flower wilted as he walked by and let out a little barking spider, but none of the woodland animals complained. His friend Emmelina, who he lived with, didn't mind a jot. Emmelina was an incredible chef and made them delicious dinners. Emmelina always said to Fartissimus, It doesn't matter about a few smelly popaloos. What matters is that you keep working at helping the people of Landyland. One day they'll see what a shining light you are, Fartissimus. Fartissimus really wanted to be able to listen to the people of Landyland, to hear from each and every person what they felt needed to be done. Often he walked into the marketplace to try and spend time amongst the people. He hardly ever even waffle off then, because his pop-offs mostly happened when he was nervous, and that happened when he had to speak in front of other people. But as soon as he entered the market, everyone mysteriously vanished. They had heard of Fartissimus's terrifying bottom and were scared. So Fartissimus walked amongst the stalls of beads and honey and feathered caps and delicious smelling cakes and fruit and brilliantly coloured cloths, all by his lonesome. Now Landyland was in trouble. The people didn't have a chance to get to know Fartissimus because of their fear of his vapours and they were already restless and unhappy because their last king had been so mean. And so Landyland was full of scared and unsettled people. Now lands full of scared and unsettled people are not happy lands and Fartissimus wanted more than anything for Landyland to be the happy and fun place it once had been. He had to come up with an idea to help his people and fast. One day, as he walked through the market all alone, he had an excellent idea. What if he, Fartissimus, hopped on his horse Antoine and delivered the people of Landyland the goods they wanted from the market? Then he could ask the people how they thought things were going in their city and learn of their complaints and come up with ideas to make things better and then take those ideas back to the assembly where Fartissimus and the other leaders decided on the best ways to make things better for the people of their lands. So Fartissimus sent out a memo to let the people know that their market choices would now be delivered on horseback. But he didn't tell them who would be delivering the goods. 
Whilst the people sent in their requests for fruit and vegetables and breads, Fartissimus prepared for delivering the people their orders. And Fartissimus prepared himself for this task by not eating a thing for three days. He was sure that if he could just get through this task without fluffadoodling, he could become a good king for the people. He could be the shining light he had always dreamt of being. So for three days, he drank only water and broth. And on the third day, very, very hungry, he set off to meet the people. Fartissimus wasn't silly. He knew that if the people recognised him, they would run away. So he wore a clever disguise. He put on a fake beard and a long hat that came down almost over his eyes. And instead of his kingly robes, he wore an old jacket and some simple pants. The people would never know who he was. As he came up to the first house, Fartissimus was very nervous. His tummy started rumbling and he thought, Oh no, I'm going to let one rip. But then he remembered that he hadn't eaten anything and that's why his tummy was rumbling. So he relaxed and walked up to the house and knocked at the door. Delivery, he called out, and a little old lady answered the door. I have your weekly shopping, Fartissimus said to her. Why, thank you, she replied. I'm so grateful that you could bring it to me, because I find it hard to walk to the market these days as my legs are very sore. This is a good thing you're doing. Tell the king that I appreciate it very much. Oh, I will, said Fartissimus, delighted. I'm so glad I can make you happy. Is there anything else you would like to tell the king? Well, mused the old lady, it would be nice to have a doctor who could help us when we are sick. The old king took away the hospital and now we have nowhere to heal. There are many people who need medicine and we don't know how to get it. I see, said Fartissimus. I will certainly tell the king. I am sure he will be eager to bring back the doctors to Landyland. Oh, thank you, said the lady. You are so kind. If only we had a king like you. Fartissimus said goodbye to the lady, jumped on his horse and with a big grin on his face rode on to the next house. At the next house he encountered a young man. I've brought you your goods from the market, said Fartissimus proudly. I did not want my goods from the market delivered to me, said the man. I want to be able to go to the market myself and buy what I want from there. I enjoy the market and choosing my goods and meeting my friends there. Tell the king that he should not force us into having to have our goods delivered. And you can also tell the king that he better hurry up and do something good soon because so far he appears to be stinky and useless. And with that, the man slammed the door. Fartissimus was thoughtful. I see that people might enjoy the choice to have their goods delivered, but they don't like being told what to do. I also see that they are a bit cross. Interesting. I will write that down in my little book. And as his horse Antoine plodded along to the next house, Fartissimus jotted the things he was learning down in his little notebook. At the next house he came across a young girl. Hello, said Fartissimus. I've brought your goods from market. Thank you, said the girl shyly. Is there anything about the town that you would like to see done differently? asked Fartissimus. The girl looked up at him carefully. 
I think there should be more playgrounds, she said quietly. The last king took away all the playgrounds, and I have nowhere to play with my friends. I see, said Fartissimus. And also, said the girl, if the king is finding it a little bit hard to be the king because he is a little bit woofy, then perhaps we could have a queen instead. Interesting, said Fartissimus. Thank you very much. And he left the house scribbling furiously in his notebook. All day long, Fartissimus delivered goods to people's houses and asked them questions about what they would like to see done differently in the town. There were so many ideas, all of them good ones, that by the end of the day, Fartissimus's notebook was full up and he had even started writing on his hands. Fartissimus was sad that the people of Landyland were unhappy, but he was also very excited at the thought of all the things he could do to make things better. He was also very hungry. It was three whole days since he had eaten, and he was feeling very weak. After his last delivery of goods, he galloped all the way back to his castle and asked Emmelina if she wouldn't mind cooking an absolutely enormous dinner. Emmelina had had three days off since Fartissimus was fasting and was very happy to cook him an absolutely enormous dinner as cooking enormous dinners was her favourite thing to do. So she set about creating a gigantic feast for Fartissimus. Whilst Emmelina was cooking, Fartissimus busily transcribed all of the ideas the townspeople had given him into a special little book, which he titled The Ideas Book from the Townspeople, by the Townspeople and Fartissimus. He also sent out a messenger to let all the other leaders of Landyland know that tomorrow he was calling an important assembly for sunset. He had lots to talk about and that everyone must be there. After such a big day, Fartissimus was exhausted. He went into the kitchen and sat with his friend and ate a delicious feast. Fartissimus was so grateful for Emmelina's friendship and indeed they had a lot of fun together. This night they ate and ate and ate all the many delicious things that Emmelina had cooked, potatoes and puddings and pavlovas and soups and pilafs and pastas and pies and cake. While they ate, Fartissimus told her all about his adventure and about the ideas in his little book, and they talked excitedly long into the night about all the wonderful things that could be done to make Landyland a happier place. What do you think I should do, Emmelina, to help the people? I think you should just be the star that you are, Fartissimus. If you let your light shine, the people will listen, I am sure of it. But what about my air biscuiting? It just ruins everything. People will come to appreciate your gaseousness in time, Fartissimus. Just you wait. You go forth and tell the people what you have learnt. They will listen, I am sure. You would be a great leader yourself, Emmelina. You have a way of making people feel good. Oh, that's just the chocolate cake. Never underestimate the power of chocolate cake, Emmelina. It can fix many problems. By the time Emmelina and Fartissimus had finished talking, the sun had risen high into the sky, arced over and then began to drop. 
Sunset was drawing near. Fartissimus said, Thank you, Emmelina, for everything. Now I must go and share all these ideas at the assembly. And off Fartissimus rushed to get changed into his courtly clothes and get to the assembly on time. He was in such a hurry that he left his little book on the kitchen table. Emmelina knew that all the ideas were in Fartissimus's mind, so rather than chase after him, she simply put the book up on the shelf and went about her evening. Fartissimus was excited. Today, finally, he was going to make a difference. He was going to make a positive change in this saddened land. It had been the day he had longed for all of his life. He was so excited that he didn't even think about squipping. The thought didn't even cross his mind. Fartissimus rushed into the assembly where all the other leaders had already gathered and were waiting. None of them looked particularly excited. These assemblies only ever led to them getting very smelly, so they weren't at all enthusiastic. But Fartissimus had enough enthusiasm for all of them. He raced up to the lectern and said, Welcome, fellow leaders of Landyland. Today, I have some very important news to share with you all. At that point, Fartissimus felt his tummy grumble. A very low, very loud, very squirmy rumble. The whole assembly heard it, and they grew restless in their seats. Fartissimus realised something. He had gone three days without eating anything at all, and then last night he ate and ate and ate all night long. And he hadn't done even the teeniest of body breezes yet. But here was one coming, and by the sounds of it, it was going to be rather powerful. Fartissimus panicked. He had so much to say, and the growling of his tummy was getting louder and louder. Wait, everyone, wait, I implore you. Today I have the answers to make our lands happy and peaceful again. I have spoken to the people. I have written it down. Fartissimus searched for his little book. It was not in his robes. He began to panic, and panic is not good for the tummy. Panic makes a tummy feel yucky, and Fartissimus was beginning to feel very, very yucky. My book, it is not here, but please listen to me. But by now no one could hear him. The growling of his tummy had grown deafeningly loud. People were fleeing the assembly hall, rushing out into the dusky evening to avoid the terrible smell they knew was coming. By this time, Fartissimus's tummy was in knots. He cried out to the people, Speak to Emmelina, Emmelina at my castle, she is the one, she knows the secrets. And at that moment, Fartissimus let off the most enormous, loudest, smelliest, powerful, gaseous explosion that he had ever done. The sound was astonishing, like the blanket of the sky being torn asunder and a thousand angels singing at the top of their voices, but very out of tune. This fluffity was so powerful that it sent Fartissimus shooting up into the sky, straight through the open roof of the assembly hall, straight up into the darkening night. 
The people, covering their noses with their robes, looked up and watched Fartissimus flying up, a streak of shimmering bluey-green shooting out behind him. Up, up, up he went, the sound of the angels' terrible singing fading as he flew higher, higher, higher. Even Emmelina heard it from the castle, and she peered out of the window just in time to see Fartissimus, a teeny speck now, burst through the atmosphere in a firework display of blue, green, orange, silver and gold gases and transform into a spectacular shooting star. The star whizzed across the sky at a great speed, a fireball of colourful splendour, before slowing down and stopping just above the horizon in the western skies of Landyland. It was the brightest star in the sky. The people looked in amazement at the beautiful bright star, and as the smell faded and the night grew darker and the star of Fartissimus grew brighter, the people knew that whatever it was that he had wanted to tell them was very important. Emmelina, they cried, we must call for Emmelina. Emmelina, back at the castle, was saddened at the flight of Fartissimus. But she knew that Fartissimus was now where he was always meant to be. A shining light, watching over the people he loved so much. She watched the star of Fartissimus shining in the western sky, like a flickering torch of peaceful protection, and knew what she had to do. She grabbed the little book from the shelf and ran to the assembly hall. The people saw her coming and followed her there, desperate to know what she was going to tell them. When they were all gathered, Emmelina held up the book. This, she said, is the voice of the people. Fartissimus was a great king. We know that he bottom burped a lot and so no one ever listened to what he had to say. But what he did was find a way to listen to the people of this city. And in this book, he has written your stories, your needs, your requests, your worries and concerns. Our job here is to listen to the people and to honour the star of Fartissimus that now resides in our night sky by making sure we continue to do so. He wanted to listen to you. Now he is watching over us and asking that we listen to each other. The assembly roared with applause. They chanted the names of Fartissimus and of Emmelina, and they unanimously decided that Emmelina should become their queen. So from that day forth, every night, the people of the town watched the star of Fartissimus burning brightly in the western sky, and until the star sank below the horizon of Landyland, they shared stories and ideas together of the different ways they could make Landyland a wonderful place. And indeed, Landyland became one of the best places on earth, led by Queen Emmelina and guided by the star of Fartissimus. And Fartissimus? Well, his dream had come true. The people of Landyland now looked up to him. He was a shining light for his people. If you asked him, which occasionally passing comets did, how he felt about being a star in space and not on Earth anymore, he would respond with a shower of sparkles, which flickered all the way down to Landyland.
The people there captured the sparkles and kept them in a special sealed glass box. The sparkles were beautiful and people came from far and wide to see evidence of the legend of Fartissimus. But if that box was ever opened, phew the whiff could put you to sleep for a week. So the box stayed closed and the star of Fartissimus burned brightly on.